peaches, apples, and other forbidden fruit. Written and read by Jam Girl. Chapter 8 If Love Was Fair. February 2014, Senior Year. Zira Single, Thanyu House. Zira came to love her bunny friend, but it was hard to find time to use it her sophomore and junior years, what with never knowing when Michaela might come into the room. Luckily, Zira's senior year, she was blessed with the only single room in the FAMU house. She really had been lucky. Michaela and Yuri had gotten to choose their rooms first, being the president and vice president. Hardly, neither of them wanted the single. They chose, instead, to room together in what was, in fairness, the biggest and nicest room in the house. Sandy, as recruitment chair, got to choose next. Either she forgot that there was a single, or the window in that first floor room was just that enticing, because she forewent the single, too. Zira, as sisterhood chair, got to choose next. It was a no-brainer. She had already lost her roommate to Yuri, and even if Michaela wasn't the best roommate ever, Zira would have much preferred to room with someone she knew how to live with than someone new. The single was miraculously still available, and even if it was small, Zira knew it would serve as the perfect retreat for her. Not just because she wanted to use her vibrator, but also because sharing a room could be tiring and Zira valued her a long time. It also, coincidentally, meant it was much easier to have Crowley over. Crowley got into the habit of swinging by the FAMU house after class instead of heading straight to the bus to go back to her off-campus apartment. Since Zira was usually there, she would let her in and they would escape to Zira's room, where they would often do homework together or just hang out. Crowley was single again. She and B had drifted apart after B graduated. Crowley's hiding the long distance and resulting lack of sex as the main reason. So there was no reason for her not to spend all the time in the world with Zira. It was so natural for Crowley to be in Zira's room that it didn't drain her the way socialization often did. And it was just as good, if not better, to have Crowley with her than to be alone. Crowley didn't seem to be all that broken up about me. Perhaps Zira should have found that odd, but she was so happy to have her friend back that she hardly noticed. Not that she didn't try to prod her on it. Crowley really just seemed fine. Anyways, it wasn't as if Crowley would ever struggle to find someone new. And she was always so nonchalant about love. 
just like she was about everything. Maybe Zira suspected there was something more there. Some hurt Crowley didn't let on about. And maybe that's why Zira ignored Crowley's regression into her more casual tendencies. But if Crowley didn't want to talk about it, it wasn't really Zira's business. Anyways, it was useful to have a friend with so much experience. Zira could really use the guidance. It was sort of a mundane day like any other when Crowley and Zira were lounging around in Zira's room, just as they often did. Zira at her desk and Crowley sprawled across her bed. And Zira first told Crowley about Will O'Neill. Will? That's kind of a sexy name, Crowley said. Like Will Turner from Pirates of the Caribbean. How do you know him again? Well, you know how I go to those Sigma Tau Delta parties? Zira asked. Sigma Tau Delta was the English honor society Zira had been a member of three years running, and more recently become secretary of. Yeah. He's the one that hosts them. He's the president, you know. The parties Will O'Neill hosted were small and intimate. Will was a wine enthusiast, so he always had nice bottles. And Zira felt exceptionally classy drinking from them. The people that went to Will's parties were mostly seniors in Sigma Tau Delta. And the gatherings often went late into the evenings with open conversation in the living room of Will's nice apartment. The conversation sometimes centered around intellectual topics related to the shared interests of the group that included classic literature, writing, and any manner of things of a philosophical nature. But more often than not, the conversation centered around not these topics, but, well, what else do drunk college seniors talk about? Sex. Zira was shy in these conversations due to her general lack of experience in the subject matter, but the conversations fascinated her. She liked to hear what her friends had to say, and especially what Will had to say. She liked to imagine doing the things her friends talked about. She liked to imagine Will doing the things he talked about to her. Zero liked Will. She thought he was very impressive and smart. She also happened to think he was very sexy. Zero made a habit of sitting real close to Will on the couch during these parties. And Will seemed to be perfectly happy with that. He often put a hand on Zira's thigh or wrapped an arm around her waist. And Zira took these behaviors as a very good indicator that he was interested.
and also made her body feel electrified. She craved so much more. It took effort to screw up her courage, but she finally managed to ask him to the Valentine's Find Me date party. The date parties were often held in private rooms of restaurants, and attendees would dress up. There would be catering, and people would order cocktails. It seemed like exactly the thing to break the ice with Will. It was after she had finally asked him that she relayed the info to Crowley, knowing that she could count on her advice and expertise. You should wear a dress. Something flouncy, Crowley said. Flouncy? You know, something all flowy with a loose skirt. Crowley sat up and waved her hands in a gesture that Sarah guessed was supposed to indicate the silhouette of the kind of skirt she was talking about. Why? Zira asked in concern. Do you think more form-fitting dresses are less flattering on me? No, Crowley said, waving her hand like that should be the least of her worries. I'm sure all your dresses look great. I'm saying that because... Well, do you think afterwards you're going to... Crowley gave Zira a meaningful look, raising her eyebrows. You know. Zira moved from her desk chair to the bed to sit next to Crowley. She folded her hands in her lap and looked down at them shyly. I'd like to, she said. I mean... It's not like I just met him. I've known him for a while. And anyways, I think I'm ready. Well, there you go. That's why you should wear a flouncy dress. Zero looked up at Crowley and stared at her blankly. He's your access to your cunt, Crowley explained, pointing at Zira's nether regions. Crowley, Zira chastised, feeling her face heat as her eyes widened in alarm. What? You want him to put his mouth down there, right? I don't think there's anything sexier than just pulling up your skirt. Do you have lacy underwear? Zira looked down at her hands again. I'm not sure if I'll get to show him my underwear, lacy or not. Why not? Well, so there's a little wrinkle, Zira said, feeling her face warm. A wrinkle? A complication in the situation? Okay. Zira looked up at Crowley. He told me when I asked him he told me he would love to go with me, but then he texted me later and backtracked a little, but, I mean, we're still going together. What do you mean he backtracked? Sarah went back to her desk to grab her phone and then returned to Crowley. She found the text message and passed her phone over. 
Will O'Neill, Saturday, February 8th, 2.19 p.m. Hey, Zira. Thank you for inviting me to the date party. I'm really excited about it. I just wanted to let you know so that I'm completely honest. I'm kind of seeing someone right now. I would still love to go with you, but I would understand if you changed your mind. Saturday, February 8th, 8.03 p.m. Hi, Will. Thank you for telling me. I would still love to have you as my date. Great. Looking forward to it. Zira had fretted over the message, worrying about how to respond, and then finally responding and wondering if she had said the wrong thing. But she had wanted to remain optimistic. Now, she fretted over Crowley's reaction. Crowley was much better at these things than Zira. Crowley furrowed her eyebrows, gazing at the cell phone. Oh. Yeah. Well. The thing is, Zira defended, looking at Crowley and trying to better explain the situation, hoping Crowley might understand. Just based on, you know, what he has mentioned in the group and all, I think he has a friends with benefits thing going on with someone. And so I think he just wants to make sure if I find out, I don't become upset. Could be. And if that's all it is, then it's really not anything, is it? The way he flirts with me makes me think that must be what it is. There is no way he would act like that if he wasn't interested. What does he do? He touches me and wraps his arm around me and whispers in my ear. I mean, he regularly flirts with me openly in front of everyone. Several people have asked me if we are together. Crowley looked at Zara thoughtfully. I mean, if you know he has a friends with benefits thing going on and he acts like that, then you're probably right, she said, shrugging. Plenty of people do that. He probably hasn't decided whether he wants to end his friends with benefits thing or a relationship yet. Sarah felt incredibly relieved and validated by Crowley's agreement and started to feel excited instead of nervous. If Crowley thought it was a reasonable assumption, then she wasn't a complete dope. I bet when he sees you looking completely sexy in your flouncy dress, Will, not Turner, will make the decision right then and there, Crowley added. He would be stupid not to. Zira blushed. She hoped Crowley was right. With Crowley's support and encouragement, Zira felt confident she could win Will over. In the week leading up to the date party, Crowley helped Zira strategize, and she helped her pick out her dress. On the day, she showered her with life-giving compliments and sent her luck and well wishes.
Zira was so incredibly lucky to have such a wonderful friend. At the date party, Will was a very attentive date. He was gentlemanly, getting Zira drinks and talking to her quietly. He put his hand on the small of her back and put his arm around her and sat very close to her when they were in a restaurant booth. Zira's sisters gave her knowing glances and she felt on top of the world. Zira was thankful she had taken Crowley's advice and worn the flouncy dress. Because Will seemed to enjoy touching her skirt, and she became progressively giddier throughout the night, thinking she might have a chance to feel more of that touch. Will walked her home to the Famu house, and he actually held Zira's hand. His hand felt warm and good and wrapped and tangled in Zira's. Zira was pretty certain everyone knew what she was trying to do with Will O'Neill. And it was a good thing. Because as her sisters filtered by to go home as well, they gave her and Will a wide girth. As the two of them stood outside the house lingering, Will playing with Zira's hand, Zira sent a silent prayer to heaven above, thanking God for her single. And then, very shyly, Zira said, You're welcome to come up to my room. Will didn't let go of Zira's hand, but his face contorted. Zira, he said, I really like you. I do. It's just that this thing that I have going on with this other girl is very new. New? The friends with benefits thing Zira knew about wasn't new. As the implication of what Will was saying began to dawn on Zira, her face started becoming very hot and her eyes became watery. If the circumstances were different, Will was saying. Uh, um, I understand, Zira managed to say, despite the fact that she could feel her throat closing up. She took her hand back and felt it curling into a tight fist. I had a nice night tonight. Mm-hmm, Zira said, lips pressed together and eyes blinking rapidly to try to prevent the tears from bursting forth. She needed Will to leave. How could she get Will to leave when she didn't think she could speak? Well... I guess I should go, Will said. Zira thanked the Lord Almighty. Will leaned in and wrapped his arms around Zira in the most awkward hug of the century, considering that she remained stiff as a board. When he finally released her and walked away, Zira nearly ran into the house and up the stairs, darting straight to her room trying her best to avoid eye contact with anyone she happened to pass. 
She locked the door behind her and collapsed onto her bed, kicking off her high heels carelessly, with tears already streaming down her face. She fumbled with the clutch she had been using for the night and pulled out her phone, ignoring the makeup that spilled out as a result. She texted Crowley. Crowley, Friday, February 15, 10.42 p.m. He's dating someone for real. It wasn't a friends with benefits thing. Shit. I'm sorry, Zira. Do you want to talk? Maybe later. I think I just need to sleep this off. I'm so tired. Okay. Just let me know if you need me, okay? Okay. Zira cried herself to sleep that night. Zira was in her backyard in Georgia again. It was exactly as it was before. Clear sky, hot sun, soft grass, bare toes wiggling against the pliant ground. Once again, it felt ethereal. Once again, she was thirsty. Once again, the peach tree called out to her. She felt herself gliding towards the tree, responding to its draw. She reached out and wrapped her fingers around a fruit, tugging to release it. She brought it to her lips and bit. This time, it was wrapped the fuzzy skin covering the soft fruit, the sweet, sticky juice dribbling down her chin. She looked at the tree, and it was still full of peaches. A rustling reminded her of another tree, one beyond the peach tree. It was another tree Zira had helped her daddy plant, even earlier than the peach tree. The weeping willow had been so small then, it was hard to believe that the large, sweeping thing, the cathedral of a tree, was the same one. It was breathtakingly beautiful, the tree. The green curtains of leaves shifted in the breeze like they were welcoming Zira into the fortress beneath. She wanted to go to that tree. But she had the peaches. The peaches were perfect. Zira looked at the peach still in her hand. In the time since she had taken her bat, it had grown rotten, shriveled up and black. The peach taste turned sour in her mouth. 
Sira was disgusted. She dropped the peach in the grass. She looked up to the peach tree again. All the peaches were shriveled and black. The willow continued to rustle beyond the peach tree, hovering in the background like a parent patiently waiting for their child at the edge of the playground. Zira looked at the tree. Just beyond the cascade of green leaves, inside the shelter of the tree, Zira saw something she didn't expect. She saw a glint of red. Red curls popped out of the leaves and out stepped Crowley, dressed in all black, skinny jeans and a leather jacket and a red apple in her hand that she tossed in the air and caught at her side in a steady rhythm. She was smiling. With her unoccupied hand, she beckoned for Zira. It was as if Zira was on a moving walkway, not the ones at airports. She didn't pick up her feet, but she glided straight to Crowley. She stopped abruptly a foot away. Crowley stopped tossing the apple and instead brought it to her mouth. Zira heard the crunch as Crowley bit. Crowley held out the bitten fruit to Zira. It had a beautiful white circle of exposed apple where Crowley had eaten from it. Zira knew without knowing how or why that she was meant to take the apple and bat from it. Her own hand reached out and closed over the fruit, fingers brushing crow leaves as it did. And she brought the apple to her face. Zira put her mouth where Crowley's had been and bit. It wasn't what she had been looking for. It wasn't what she had wanted. But it was exactly what she needed. <laughs>